the service. I'm going to touch on a subject today um, as we move off a base of love. This new command that Jesus had given his disciples is going to ask us to do something. And um, there's something that he asks without the right foundation in is impossible. And, and as we come up to it in a, in a few verses time, I just want to lay, lay a, a bit of ground, if you like. As we come up to this thing that Jesus asks us, put yourself in the story. And the story is this, look. They've had, they've had the foot washing episode, which Kenny delivered to the church a few weeks ago. We've had the betrayal of Judas. Judas has left the room now. Although everyone round, round that table doesn't know he's gone out to betray them. They make the point of, uh, John makes the point of saying look, that they thought he'd gone out to buy something for the poor. They, they still don't know who's going to be the betrayer. Peter has had the news dropped into him that actually despite your overconfidence, despite what you believe, actually, before tomorrow morning, you're going to deny me three times. And, and last week, I showed that Peter's decline came in stages. And one of those declines was lack of prayer life. And the challenge, of course, you know, when you're making sermons applicable, you should all sit there, if you're a believer, and you should all say... Automatically, I know you didn't, but now's not a bad time either. How's my prayer life? Not how mine is. I know how mine is, and and not also to beat yourself up if you if you are at a place where you think your prayer life is is fine. Do you know what? That's great. Celebrate it. But sometimes, if we're honest, we think we've hit the ground running. We've forgot again, and we all do it. I do it, so I know you do it. Even the penties do it. I've got my penty joking, it's fine, okay. Just to lighten the atmosphere, come on. All right. Let's look at this scene again. We put the, the scripture up and we move into, into the story. My children, and the, the, the original language is my little children. I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, and he did in chapter 6, so I tell you now... Where I am going, you cannot come. Can you imagine the bombshell that's just gone off? They've given up everything. All that they stood for, they have left behind them. And that isn't a hint to anyone. That was their calling. If we all left everything, there'd be no one doing any work. There'd be no one mixing with non-believers. But they were called to leave and follow some of you need to stay and follow. I made that up. That's nice, that, isn't it, Tina? It's confusing. Stay where you are and follow Jesus. Right, well, all right. Thank you for the... Uh, is this a get, Alan? Where's the love? <laughs> all right, okay. Well, we, some of you need to stay where you are and follow Jesus to show the ones that are there with you. Thank you for clarification, Darren. It's good that you're here. Oh, good, okay. Well, there's no point in me doing this unless people can understand. Yeah. Oh, don't labour the point, I've got the mic. Come on. Right. 
Think of what's just happened, right? And their world has imploded. They didn't mind it when he said to the Jews, where I'm going, you can't come. That's, that's all right. That's somebody else's issue. But when he said it to them, wow. And they missed this new command, verse 34. And I didn't know what Catherine was going to share. And well, you could have got up earlier than you'd have known earlier. All right. Well, I'm going, glad I'm going to the one event tomorrow. Look, 30, verse 34, a new command. And of course, we dealt with it last week. It's not new in essence, but it's new in principle. The Jews were told to love the other Jews, the followers of Yahweh. But now he's opened it right up. A new command. It's new in experience. Love one another. How's your love today? How is it? Hard, isn't it? Well, at least one in the room's honest. Okay. So he sets the standards. As I have loved you, how did he do it? He washed the feet. That was a demonstration. They saw the foot washing, didn't see what was behind it. We, we spent time. Servanthood. He served his disciples. He got up, took off the outer garment, wrapped this towel around him and washed their feet. He, he was the par excellent servant. Sacrificially, in less than 24 hours, he will have died on the cross for his disciples. Understandingly, they weren't perfect. He knew their faults. In fact, he's going to tell one of them, you're going to deny me. And so often, you know, I, I, I hear it and sometimes I can experience it. I fail to understand the other person. I see everything from my point of view. And I, and I can fall into that trap and I think, if I just took a step back and just bought some time, I wouldn't open my mouth sometimes. Anyone experience my mouth? <laughs> I'll try harder in the next year to engage brain. And to understand something. He understood his disciples. And then perhaps the most difficult of all of them. Forgivingly. He forgave them. And sometimes. Do you know I can find myself holding on to some. uh, uh, Me and Rose do that don't we Rose. Yeah. uh. But he tells us not to. He tells us not to. And as we move forward, look, and he brought the promise, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. And I, my prayer, and it's been like this for a few weeks now, is that when people walk into this room, you hit a wall of love. I want people to take a stagger and think, wow, those are a funny bunch. <laughs> We've got the funny bunch already. We can do that. It's the love bit that will just sort of put the icing on, won't it? What's that? You love Kenny? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Doesn't say everyone will become a follower, but just that everyone will know who you are. We've got some guests here today. I wonder if they can feel the love in the room. I hope they do. We're not going to put any pressure on anyone. <laughs> 
Let's move on. Simon Peter, and he leaps in, doesn't he? We all love Simon Peter. Lord, where are you going? He's forgot the command. He hasn't heard that. He's engaged brain and thought, he's going away. That's not, that's not how I thought life would pan out. And how often that's the case, isn't it? How often life pans out a different way to what we want it to pan out. And so he reacts. Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I'm going. You cannot follow now. There's a promise, Peter, but you will follow later. And he does. And if you read his his, uh, letters, if you read 1 Peter, written about AD 64, he's writing to the church, and uh, the church is entering a period of persecution. Don't stop there. Read the next book to Peter. The church is undergoing persecution. He's in prison, and he gets killed. And do you know what he writes? He says, I'm never going to stop telling you something. I'm never going to stop telling you something. And I'm going to tell you what he tells you at the second half of this sermon. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I'll lay down my life for you. And we all know what the response was. And Jesus said, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the cock crows, you'll disown me three times. We come out with these statements, don't we? These bravado statements. And then God says, I'll give that a test then. Uh, We'll have some of that. I've heard those words, I've heard that prayer, so let's just see how you behave. Can I just clarify, it doesn't catch God by surprise, he just likes us to know where we are along the road. I'll do this for you, God. Uh, Okay, go ahead. I didn't mean it. Yeah, I didn't mean it. Now then, this is the meat. Chapter 14, verse 1. Chapter 14, verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Well, there weren't before you said that, Jesus. Do not let your hearts be troubled. What a strange thing to say to him, or to the the room. It almost implies that you and I have a choice in whether our heart can be troubled. Ever had a troubled heart? Matt's just prayed for this young lad. I can guarantee you right now, his mum and dad are very troubled. And that's what I said at the beginning. This is one of those meaty sermons. Those meaty occasions. When actually, I almost like, like the fact that the gospel I believe in no, I don't like. I celebrate the fact that the gospel I believe in doesn't try and hide. It does not paint a picture of, of, of life being all roses. You think about what this room is representing and what he is warning them. Alright, you can hear the words, I'm leaving you, but it's going to get a whole lot worse. You're going to see me arrested in just a few hours time. You're going to see me beaten beyond human recognition. And you're going to desert me. You're all going to run away. Peter, yes, you'll, you'll creep back in into the shadows of the darkness. And you'll stand next to those who actually hate and insult me. And smack me in the face. And spit on me. And you'll almost be like them. 
And then it's going to get worse. Then you're going to see the Romans, who you thought I was going to overthrow, you're going to see them dress me as a king. Brackets, I am a king. But I'm a servant at the moment. And then you're going to see them lead me to three crosses on the hillside and put big nails through me and let me bleed to death and die on a, on a cross. You're going to see all that and wonder, did we follow the wrong man? Did we follow... Did we make a mistake three years ago when we gave up everything? And I want you to remember this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do you think their hearts were troubled a few hours later? Do you think they forgot those words? I'll guarantee they did. And sometimes if we're honest, we do. Frequently. But the good news is this, look. The person that wrote it lived to a ripe old age. The Holy Spirit is looking... Is Reminding him of the conversation. The person who denied him will die a martyr's death. But he's learnt the secret. And, and this is what I've been trying to get over for the last three weeks, really. That today is not it. Today is just today. And we can put in place so much foundation so that when you're event in life happens and they will happen to everyone in this room when those times come you can remember John chapter 14 verse 1 and he says this don't let your heart be troubled now I think that's really good news I think it's really good news the problem is it will not come automatically What will come automatically is the same as the world out there. Panic. A visit to the doctor changes everything. A test result changes everything. A phone call changes everything. You go on Monday morning, you lose your job, changes life. Doesn't necessarily, even if it's not in your, in your life, it could be in someone else's life that you care and love about and it changes everything. And that's the reality of the world we live in. But I love the word of God. I believe this book. And I believe him. And this is how he does it, look. You believe in God. Well, yeah, they did. They were Jews. They've been brought up as that. They've actually been failures in, in religion. They were fishermen and other occupations. They were just ordinary guys. They weren't the best of the best, the religious people. They knew of God. In a God sort of way. But now he comes up with a remarkable statement. You believe in God? Believe in me. God asks you. Do you believe in him? And it doesn't mean, do you believe he existed 2,000 years ago? Eh, he was just some guy who wandered the earth. Carpenter. Good teacher. You can substitute believe for trust. And that's a better translation. You trust in God? Yep, no problem. Do you trust in Jesus? Do you really trust him? How do you, how do you um, build trust? 
You do, John, you're right. Yeah, by experience. How do you lose trust? How do you lose someone's trust? Someone letting you down. Someone breaking something so precious that actually the trust is betrayed. I've been on the end of one of those. It ain't pleasant. You know, Kay got me against the wall one day and she pinned me against the wall. Meek and mild, right? Okay. Pinned me against the wall and her words in my face were, we don't do that. And we ain't do, yeah. No, it was like me. Like, uh, yeah. We don't do that. That's your ex-wife. Yeah. That's what she did. Do you know why she could say that? It's because she loves me. And what she was saying to me was this. Engage brain, brazier. And then actually know who's speaking to you. And she would, why would I hurt you, she said. Why would I want to diminish you in any way? Because I love you. And I went, a light bulb moment. That sounds like a good idea. Have I always done it? No. 19-something, I got it wrong, didn't I, that day? Yeah. 1999 it was. You're right, Darren, yeah. Has Jesus ever let you down? I mean, it's a contradiction. It's an oxymoron. It's a paradox. He cannot, by definition, let you down. That doesn't mean that everything I ask for, I get. That doesn't mean that I'm running the show. But it means this. Even in the darkest possible time, trust him. Trust him. Isn't that hard? Isn't that really hard? But it's in the word of God. What about this for a promise? In my father's house has many rooms. Some translations put mansions. It's a bad translation if you've got mansions. It's rooms. And if that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? Right, test, just to relax. Verse 2. What is the main word that stands out in verse 2 for you? Many rooms stands out for Chris. He obviously likes big houses. It's fine. My father, yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, I'm going to prepare a place. Yeah, she sees him as a carpenter. Yeah, I would not have told you otherwise. Doesn't really matter. Go on, John, you've got one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I like about that? I like that for you, Jesus. Personalize it. He's gone away to prepare a place for you. Do you think it'd be a little run-down shack? Do you think that, given what he's capable of doing, you know, the universe, the world, the things we can't see, the things we can see, the things we need instruments to detect, it'd be a decent abode, won't it? Yeah. Yeah. I read a book the other day, and and the yeah one or two the 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 guy went to great pains to to make a point that he was a carpenter, and I thought I can't imagine Jesus doing this. Can you up in heaven? I know he's been a while gone, but come on, 
You must have some power tools. <laughs> Look. He's gone away to prepare a place for you. I reckon there's not enough words to tell me what that place looks like. You get a sneaky glimpse at the end of Revelation chapter 21 and 22. He gives you a little hint if you're about what's happening and where you're going. And it's worth a read if you're feeling a bit, a bit flat. But look else what it says, look. Heaven is a very, very real place. I take great comfort in that. This is the Jesus who says, just trust me. But actually, I'm preparing something for you. And then it gets even better. Let's see what the better bit is. And if I go, and he did, and prepare a place for you, I will come back. I like that. Given the fact that sometimes I get lost. Not often, I'm a navigator by trade. Ships, yeah. yeah. Ships, or you know, ships, yeah. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back. Let's deal with that. You'll either die. Bible always refers to it as going to sleep. You'll either die and you will go to be with him. If you are not dead, then you will be caught up in what's called the parousia, where he comes in the air and he takes his bride, he removes his bride from the face of the earth. I'm hoping for that one. I really am. I, f- I fancy that. I do. Do you, Rose? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I really quite... I hope I'm in this sort of time zone where that happens. He can come back and just shout, well, we all go. I want to get rid of this. This is starting to ache in the morning a bit now. And, you know, it doesn't quite do as well. It needs to have a belt on sometimes. I sit as a dodgy back and things like that. I want one of those that, like he has. And, and that's the promise. The new one goes through walls. I think that's going to be so fun. What it is, isn't it? It can just appear amongst other people. You can still eat, so there's still chips. It's fine. Yeah, them as well. You like biscuits, I like chips. He's coming back and take you to be with me that also may where may be where I am. Do you love Jesus? It's a great question. Not do you love the world? Do you love your job? Do you love whatever, whatever, whatever? Some of those things are great. I love Kay. But do you love Jesus? The number one. It's not Jesus, loving Jesus. And you know, I've said this before. As a guy, I thought, I can't love another guy. That's not me. But then I found I can love another guy. Because of who he is. When I spend time with him, I love him. That's what you do when you, when you love someone. You spend time with him. Don't sit there telling me that you love him. And not spending time with him. That's a contradiction as well. I love Kay. Do you know she said to me, well, and she says to me a lot of things, but 
But when we're apart, we're missing something. Aren't we? Well, if you love Jesus, you'll want to spend time with him. It, it's not rocket science. You will pray, you will read the word of God, you'll worship him. I was thinking, we've got five grandchildren. The oldest one, Liverpool supporter. He won't grow out of it. Sent him a hat and a scarf the other week. He's a lovely lad. You know, he came and stayed with us for a couple of days. And, and he's super polite and he engages and he's, he's lovely. Do you think he phoned me and said, thanks for the scarf and the... And he took, I had to do it on Amazon. Liverpool scarf. Street cred, gone. Do you know, in all the time... Well, Kay and I have said this. In all the time, in all the presents that we've sent up to his mum and dad... Never once has this child ever thanked us for anything. It hurts, you know, doesn't it? His mum his mum wasn't brought up that way. When when grandma and granddad bought my daughter something, we got a card and you had to write we didn't have phones in those days. Well we've got three phones in our house now. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, right, okay. All right, I'll deflect it. How many phones you got? Yeah. Their kids will have them. Yeah, yeah. All right, okay. Bad with time to get my breadness. Anyway, look. Wouldn't take two seconds to pick the phone up and dial one of those three numbers. Doesn't mean we don't love him, but it's nice to say thank you. And I wonder what God thinks when we don't say thank you. When we don't recognise him in something. Still loves us, obviously, that's not the issue. But it is a bit rude. It is a bit rude, isn't it? Just to whiz through life and not acknowledge him. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? We don't know where you're going. How do I know the way? And what a stunning reply. Another of one of those I am statements. Jesus answered, I am the way. Him. I am the way. Not a direction. You know, I, I said the other week when we came back from Scotland and there was an, this accident on the A66 and this young police officer diverted us off the A66 and she said something like, oh, into the village, turn left, turn right, turn left or whatever. And I said to Kay as I'm driving, do you get that? No. No. Of course, we've got a map on the back seat, we discover, and we've got sat-nav on our two phones in the car. Did we use it? No, no. What we'll do is we'll follow the guy in front. Which, which at the, at the beginning was a great idea. Because at the beginning he was going the same direction. The problem was he was following the guy in front. And he wasn't going in the same direction. Do you know we never found the A66 again? We could still be up there. Moral? 
follow the one who knows the way. You see, if, if I was to take that story to a different level, what would have happened is the police officer would have said, I'll show you the way. Follow me. Get in your police car and take us to the A66 around the crash. Well, that's what he did. I am the way. The way to where? The way to where he is. The way to heaven. He left heaven. So A, he knows where he's left from. Came to earth. Died and overcame death. Well, that says to me, he's he's victor. He has the victory. I am the way, he said. All I've got to do is follow him. Don't follow anyone else. No one else can ever make that claim. And Christianity is often accused of being too narrow. Oh, well, you claim this and you and, and that. Well, actually, yes. Don't be amazed that that's our claim. Be amazed that there is a way. There is a way to heaven. Whether you take that way or not is up to you. Do not follow the guy in front. That doesn't work. Right? That was a nightmare. A real nightmare. So look, let's let's go into the second passage and I'll I'll speak fast. How do we bring it all to, to happen? You see, one of the things that I know one of the things I know about you is you don't like doing it his way. And you, some of you think I nag. You don't, dear Paul. Have you lied in church? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. There is a way of doing life. There are many ways of doing life. But if you want to be on the way... If you want to be able to hit that point in your life where you will not let your heart be troubled, this is the way. If you don't do it this way, when that day comes, remember I told you in advance. Right? Because that day will come, however and whatever that looks like. But if you can get your roots properly connected into Jesus... That day will still come, but you will put your trust where you need to put your trust. It will happen. It does happen automatically. But it takes a lot. Do you know, on um, on Thursday night, last week, I spoke at a boxing club. And I actually went into the boxing arena. And I was quite surprised how spongy the floor was. And I thought, I hope I don't have to fight. It was about... Ten guys there. And I said to one of them, it's 47 years since I've been in a boxing ring. And I think he thought it showed. (laughs) (laughs) These guys, I mean, they had muscles where I didn't know muscles were supposed to be. And they trained and they did all sorts of running around and punching big bags that were hanging from the ceiling. And they were really... Guys, yeah, if you like, if you like that sort of thing, that's fine. Okay, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> one, one. Right, okay. Look, 
they got that shape and physique and stamina and all the things by training. And, and it's no different for us. It is absolutely no different for us. It's just a different form of training. Look. Second Peter. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge, the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything. You lack nothing. You don't, you already have it. Just be the person that Jesus wants you to be. Let that sink in. Just be who he has created you to be. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very very great and precious promises. So that through them, through his promises, that you may participate in the divine nature What a statement. You and I can participate in the divine nature. How do we participate in the divine nature? Anyone want to? Inside of a believer dwells the Holy Spirit. You know that. As we learn to draw on him and not on ourself, actually what we're doing is we're participating in the divine nature. The temple of the Holy Spirit. Having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Now this is it. This is where we hit the gym. For this very reason, and this is where I lose most of the room, make every effort. All those boxers I talked to on Thursday night, they can go and train every day of the week and it will not affect me at all. Will it? They can punch and run and do all the weightlifting they want to do and it will not impart anything to me at all. What about you, make an effort? The person next to you in the room can make every effort and it won't affect you in the least. It's you. Did You know when you signed up to be a Christian? I'll use Kirsty because... Okay. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, she's been on holiday for a week, she can take it. Do you remember when we prayed together and you gave your heart to Jesus? Did I tell you how how hard it was going to be? Did I not? Oh, sorry about that. (laughs) Oops. Well, there we are then. Yeah, I didn't shortchange you. No, no. It is the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life being a Christian and it comes by hard work it comes by discipline and here's the pitch for the Bible make every effort to add to your faith you've got your faith he gave you the faith to become a Christian to become a believer in the first place goodness And we get eight things detailed now. And they build, and they build, and they build. Add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge. Funny word, knowledge, in this passage. Different meanings. 
I can have knowledge about something. I know Liverpool won't win the title. No, no, that's enough. No, no, no. I do. I don't. I know they won't win the title. Right. I, and a different Greek word for knowledge is this. I know in the past that Liverpool have won the title. So that's adding to the knowledge. That's not what we're talking about here. The knowledge that we're talking about here is more than knowledge I have about K. That's how much knowledge. It's an intimate knowledge. It's a closeness. Not a knowledge about a fact. Not a knowledge about history. It's a knowledge built on a relationship. Is that knowledge? Yes. A knowledge, a knowledge of him. You get knowledge by spending time together. You see, when Kay pinned me against that wall, I am going to forgive her. Right, I am working on that. When she pinned me against the wall and said those wonderful words, they sounded great. But 16 years later, I know them to be true. Because of experience, because of spending time with her. Knowledge. I have a more knowledge about her now than I did when she made those promises. What he's asking us to do, Darren, is this. The more time you spend with him then the more you will trust him the more you'll learn that the words he tells us in the Bible are true the, the more that when the, the bad things the difficult things happen in life that actually is there and you've had experience of that yes and we can know something and then we can forget it this sort of knowledge is a knowledge which builds. Right? So you put that in and then you build on that knowledge. And then you build on that knowledge. So that actually, when a difficulty comes in life, I've got a reservoir behind me. It Look, life kicks us all in the teeth sometimes. And it will. But then I come back to John chapter 14 verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And I think, he's still in control. He's, he's gone to prepare a place for me. I don't know what it looks like. I don't care. That's, I'll just take him at his word. That's knowledge. Move on. And then look. And this is Catherine's favourite. And to knowledge. Can you read that, Catherine? I am. <laughs> add, add to knowledge self-control. That's good. <laughs> Doesn't say add to stubbornness. Self-control. It's so hard, isn't it? But we can add to it. Fruit of the Spirit. And to self-control, perseverance. Well, that sounds a dodgy word, doesn't it? No one said I had to persevere to the end. Perseverance speaks of something that takes time. Something that when difficulties come into life, you push through. Is this good news? I think it's great. It's not just a five-minute job. 
it will be to the day you die that these have to be little foundation stones for you. To perseverance, add godliness. Mutual affection and to mutual affection. Mutual affection is brotherly love. Love for the, the saints, if you like, in the room. And then the final one. We're back to where we started this morning. Love. And Catherine raised a book which said this. And this will offend one or two in the room. Love is a choice. It is simply a choice. We're nearly finished. For if you have possessed these qualities in increasing measure, see, they're supposed to grow in us. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in the non- in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he will contrast it. You want to know more about Jesus? You want to you want to fall in love with him more? Then those are the goals that you have to put out for yourself. But if you sit here and you think. Do you know what? Don't believe a word of it. This is his reply. Whoever does not have them is short-sighted and blind, forgetting that they've been cleansed from their past sins. How sad. How sad that Christians can live unproductive lives. What a test. What a, what a an honest appraisal of ourselves that is asking us to do. Is your life productive? And if it's not, do you know what to do? Repent, acknowledge that, turn from it and start doing what he's asking us to do. How about that? Happy? Very happy? Content? Well, it won't be after Arsenal beat you. Okay, I'm going to pray. <laughs> I'm going to pray, and then we'll get the kids back in. And we must pray for for your daughter. Yeah, yeah. So you can lead us in prayer. You are there, I didn't. Father God, we want to thank you for your word. Lord, I I ask, Lord, that we'll all take something away today. I want to pray. Um, that we will remember your words to us. Do not let your heart be troubled. Father, well, there is such peace in taking hold of that truth. And I, and I pray for myself and for everyone that's here today. And for those that are not here, Lord, that we won't let our hearts be troubled. Because of you. Not because of circumstances, but because heaven is real. And you will come and take us there. I thank you, Lord, that... I just thank you that you love us. And I pray, a simple prayer, that you'll help us to love you more. And each other. In Jesus' name. Amen.